94E on mornings, Sydney's FBI 94.5. Very excited to get stuck in to Let's Talk About Sex. Renowned relationships therapist and expert Esther Perel made her first Australian appearance for Vivid on Sunday under the theme of Game Changer. She talked to a full house about how relationships are changing, how we find them, how we go about them and what we can expect from them and how technology impacts them. And who was there? Why, none other than our (laughs) resident sexologist and pleasure activist, Tanya Coons. Thanks for coming in today. Hey, Bridie. Yes, I was fangirling big time on the weekend. I can only imagine. (laughs) So tell us a little bit about Esther's take on how relationships are changing in today's world. Yeah, um, she talks, um, and and I've told this story, I think, here before. She talks about, you know, when marriage was invented, Mm -hmm. um, people were living really only to about 37 or 38 years old, and they had the support of an entire village to help their relationship. So their relationships were about economy and social status and financial status. But today, we're living till we're 90, and we're expecting all of the support of the village from one single person. And it's all about self-expression and self-actualization rather than this is something that's going to get us through and have a partnership and support each other. Yeah, and that's probably not the only thing that's changed since marriage was invented. Oh, my God, so many things. Like she was saying, and it made us all laugh, today, you know, people used to marry to have sex because it was this big, oh, no, you can't do that. Today, people marry to stop having sex with other people. <laughs> it's really interesting. Mm, mm. And, and we're breaking up because we think we can be happier. So things like duty and obligation and, you know, making things work have been traded in for personal expression and freedom, right? But And that then brings a lot of self-doubt and uncertainty. So if you, you talk to anyone who's in a long-term relationship, they will have days where they're like, is this the right thing? Am I doing the right stuff? Is this the right relationship for me to be in? If you're in a long-term relationship and you have any questions you'd like to mm. put to Tanya Coons, our relationships expert, you can text in on 0409 945 945. So, Tanya, there's a sense of the grass is greener now in our 21st century lives. We always want the next best thing or is, has someone got something else that I'm missing out on? Yeah, there's there's a bit of this, what am I missing? Could there, could there be better? Now, is that something that's inbuilt into human brains <laughs> or is that more come about in, in today's society? I think so. And in a sort of, I'll jump a ahead a little bit and talk about technology I think that's fueling that yeah because there's this constant looking and and Esther was saying she thinks that that is creating loneliness actually we've never been more connected and we've never been more lonely right and there's a lot of research on that where people are looking at other people having wonderful lives Mm. Yeah, it's, it's so they're looking at people going, well, I should be having that. So what we're doing, you know, it used to be that monogamy was one person for life yeah. and now it's one person at a time, right? And that's very different. Um, so people are conflating spiritual things that they're looking for, like I need to be a full person and express myself and learn everything and make my mark in the world, all those sorts of things. Are those bad things necessarily? They're not bad things, but we're looking for them in a dating app. Right. That's a really interesting place to go looking for spiritual things. Mm. So I think and this is what she referred to as romantic consumerism. So when I have found the one, then I can delete my app. Right. There's a lot of pressure on that. But with that paradox of choice, we don't do so well with so much choice. So then we start to get this FOMO thing going on like, well, or what if there's something better out there for me? Right, so we're we're choosing and we're flicking through dating apps like they're a catalogue, you know, flick, flick, flick. People look at them today like they're flicking through a magazine. They're not sort of giving people the 3D 
um, experience and our intuition about someone. You know that gut feel when you meet someone? Yeah. You can't get that off a 2D experience in an app. You really can't. So we're losing our intuition about people. So, yeah, so what sort of expectations do people have about relationships? Oh, gosh, you know, they're, they're, they're thinking that they're going to be financially secure. They're thinking that all their emotional needs will be met. They're thinking that this person will support them and stimulate them and teach them. And they're, they're kind of putting all their eggs in one basket. And when I see clients around those sorts of expectations, I'm like, this is really dangerous. That It's too much responsibility for one individual to meet all of your needs. Nobody can do that. What, what's yeah. some realistic needs that your partner should be meeting? Should be meeting? Um, I think having your back, you know, like uh, giving you support, uh, being interested in your life, um, knowing your love maps, we call it. So it's um, knowing what's going on in your family, knowing if your boss is being a shit to you today, knowing um, what big projects you've got on, knowing what's going on with your friendship circle, knowing, you know, what's the next big thing you're excited about. That kind of level of interest, because, you know, I see a lot of a lot of couples today and um, Esther said really interestingly, she said, what's the last thing you do at night and the first thing you do in the morning? You touch a piece of glass. It's your phone. Oh, yeah. And I you're know not that touching well. each other. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, yeah really that's, true. That, that's real. Uh, you've written here in your notes, love is a verb. Oh, Can you yeah. expre- explain that a little bit? So what is a verb? It's a doing word, right? I think people think that love is something that should rain upon them or that they should take or it should automatically be there. But it's something that we practice every day and I talk to people and say you know they, they often come in and say I love my partner but I'm not in love with them and I sort of think you know what that's the end of limerence really or that romantic love that you get whether you've got the the funky hormones that are putting up blinkers to make you not see <clears throat> pardon me that they're um they're just like everybody else they leave the lid off the toothpaste and they leave the lid of the toilet up all that sort of stuff so and that leads to lots of spontaneous sex and sexual expression but that only lasts for six to 24 months and then you you have to work at your intimate connection as well as your relationship. So basically you're deciding every day to love someone. I've just had a text in here. Yay. Do you feel, Tanya, as if people are now mistaking lust for love? Yeah, I think so. They're, they're, this this hot love that we see portrayed in the media, this spontaneous desire where it's sort of like, oh, my God, you're so hot, I need to get on top of you all of the time. They don't think about love as the way of living together, like little things of intimacy, like knowing how you take your tea, making someone a cup of tea, helping them out, you know, holding their hand. All these little things are also love, and they're all little decisions we make all day, every day, about how we engage with our partner. This is Let's Talk About Sex on Mornings. I'm joined by our relationships expert, and pleasure activist Tanya <laughs> Coons. Up next, we're going to be talking about infidelity in monogamous relationships and why it's never been easy to cheat and how to cope when you're the one who's been cheated on. This is Mornings. Here's a track from Naeem. It's Shiraz. Keep your texts coming in on 0409 945 945. Hello. Yeah. Live. Sydney's name with Shiraz. This is Mornings. Let's talk about sex. And just before that track, we were chatting about how back in the day your marriage had the support of the whole village. And nowadays, things have ch- a lot has changed. But Sarah in Wentworth Falls, you wanted to know uh, how you can get along without the support of the village uh, and without the support of your family 
in issues like relationship, uh, other challenges like health issues? How can you feel that support so that you're not just relying on your partner? Yeah, that's a really big question and a good question because there are people who are isolated from family and support structures. Think about people who move overseas and they leave behind extended family and it's just them and their partner and the kids, that sort of thing. Um, it's You've got friends, you've got friendships. Uh, I noticed she mentioned health. I think that's important that there are helping professionals. So your doctors actually provide a huge amount of support for people when they're having difficulties in relationships or life. Uh, and it's, it's a different context to a partner. So having somebody see you outside of your relationship can be really helpful. So look at your work colleagues, look for friends, look at um, community-based organisations, look for professionals. A lot of people come and see me when they need to talk about their relationship and have a different view from the one of their partner. But essentially you don't want to be putting all of your pressure all of that pressure onto yeah. one person your partner I don't even in like a lot of a lot of best friendships do that sort of stuff as well and it's really very difficult and some of us may have abandonment in our psychology so we tend to want to hold really tightly and we fear losing our partner and they need to give us everything but actually they don't and we need to be able to calm ourselves and be like okay my partner's still there they are showing up they can't give me everything they're not inside my head and thank goodness for that <laughs> who else can I talk to or how else can I get some of the support that I need? Now, Tanya Coons, you went along to renowned relationship therapist Esther Perel's first ever time in Australia at yeah. Vivid. What did she have to say about the topic of modern day relationships and infidelity? Oh, she did this great exercise with all of us. It was a full house at the, uh, oh, where was it? The recital hall, Sydney recital hall. And she said, right, almost everybody has been affected by infidelity. And there was a bit of a ripple through the audience, like, well, I'm not so sure. So she went, stand up, anyone whose parents had an affair, right? So a whole bunch of people stood up. And then she went, stand up if you've ever helped somebody who's upset by infidelity. A lot of people stood up. Stand up if you have counseled someone who has been the cheater. A lot of people stood up and then she said and stand up if you've been one of the three main players in an infidelity and pretty much everyone was standing up right? so it, it's everywhere so what are these three main players of infidelity um the person who goes outside the relationship mm -hmm. the person they go outside to and the person they leave behind mm. yeah it's definitely a triad there and and how has cheating changed in this 21st century world we live in. Well, yes, you were saying it's never been easy to cheat, really. There's a plethora of dating apps and, and social media. It's really easy to be connected to other people and to be flirty and to be doing things. I think um, uh, one of my colleagues at ABC Life wrote an article called about micro-cheating, so go and have a look on there. Um, we, we did this thing, is it cheating to follow someone, a hot person on Instagram? Or is it cheating to go to a strip club with your mates? Right, where do you draw the line? Yeah, and my take on that was if you know it will upset your partner, then you might want to have a think about whether this is a good thing to do. Mm. Yeah. But so, you know, pe there are loads of married people who just like to flirt with others on dating sites, you know, or to f get their validation. So while it's never been easier to cheat, it's also never been easier to keep, more difficult to keep a secret because people can stalk your phone, look at your iPad. It's very, very easy to be caught 
doing these things as well. So lots and lots of people are arguing about this sort of stuff. And, and it, there are some folks who lead double lives entirely and they've been used to it from the start. They might have had very religious families. So they, you know, when they're not with their family, they're out going, well, hey, look at all the things that I'm doing that my family don't know about. Or they might have moved to another country and be leading a completely different life. So they're kind of adept at leading this double life and it's pretty easy to go and do things outside the relationship. So I guess the ease with which you can be unfaithful nowadays also kind of combines with this sort of 21st century idea of like I have to have everything yeah and makes a little bit of a yeah I find it so interesting because people don't talk you know they, they'd rather go and do things you know I talked uh some statistics on people in Australia who would like to have an open relationship it's four percent of women and ten percent of men uh but people in Australia who have um cheated or gone outside their relationship, it's uh, 40% of women and 50% of men, right? And, and globally, it's actually uh, 70 and 60%. It's a lot. It's huge. So people don't want to talk about it and organize it and do it openly, but they, they're quite happy to sneak off and do things. So this whole inability to talk about things really messes people up in the bedroom, in their relationships. You know, that that Difficulty takes about 45 seconds to overcome when you start a conversation. It's like, oh, my God, this is terrible. I don't want to bring this up. I don't want to upset my partner by saying this isn't going well for me. But when you do do that, then there's a chance for your partner to address it rather than you get super annoyed and then go and seek solace in the arms of someone else. I'm talking to Tanya Coons, our sex therapist, uh, sex expert, sex expert and <laughs> relationships counsellor. Uh, we're going to talk about how technology and online dating has turned us into consumers in relationships. We've touched on it a little bit so far, but first a word on heartbreak. If you are the one who has been cheated on, how, what, what are some good coping mechanisms for you? Yeah. Um, Esther said some really interesting things actually on the weekend. She said, have a heartbreak celebration. Right. Why would you celebrate a heartbreak? Well, it's kind of like you, you, you want to consider all of the connections that do exist in your life, not the one that you've just lost, okay? And and then ask your friends to tell you why that relationship may not have been a good one. And then put those notes in your phone to remind yourself when you're tempted to drunk dial or you're feeling not so great about what's going on. And surround yourself with important people, you know? And she said things like art and poetry help too. I mean, how many times have we locked ourselves in the bedroom and played the same songs over over and over and gone, oh, my breaking heart. This person knows exactly how I feel, right? So those things can all help us grieve. And I think that's what a heartbreak celebration is. It's celebrating what we do have while we're grieving what we've lost. This is Let's Talk About Sex on Mornings. If you want to get in touch, the text line is 0409 945 945. Rick, thanks for texting in and saying that you were enjoying this segment. We'll be right back with some more. This is Claro with Bags. Bags by Claro from Massachusetts in the US. My name's Bridie and I'm joined by Tani Coons here on Let's Talk About Sex. We've been talking about dating and relationships in the modern era, especially long-term relationships. It can be hard to keep the fire burning and... 
We're enjoying your texts on 0409 945 945. Someone saying, sucks when you're old with kids and your brain still wants lust, but your wife's brain says, hell no, shop's closed. Nature <laughs> is cruel sometimes. Yikes. <laughs> oh, I think that's hard. I, but I think, you know, this is the work that we do. And actually, in our next segment, in a couple of weeks' time, we're going to be doing a lot. We're talking a lot about practical things of keeping desire and passion alive in long-term relationships. So do remember to tune yes. in in two weeks. Stick in. A fortnight is when you can hear that chat. So so huge but yes I don't think one person has the right to unilaterally shut down two people's sex lives so it's looking at what's possible rather than what's not possible good point and mm. someone else saying making so much sense are there any websites and blogs with more info on what we're talking about today oh that's such a good question Esther Perel has done two absolutely brilliant TED talks so if you google Esther Perel TED talk there's one on infidelity and there's one on mating and captivity which is the book that she's written so you, you can read yeah. that or the state of affairs and if you're driving right now and you can't write that down mm. Matt the producer is going to write down and link to it on Thanks, the Morgan's, uh, mornings program page just go to <laughs> fbiradio.com now now, Tanya, let's take a little look into the way technology has influenced the way people meet and relate to each other yeah. today. Did Esther Perel, when she came to Australia for her Vivid Talk, mention anything about that? She did. She talked a lot about that. And she was saying, you know, the increase of social media um, has people very connected but feeling alone because they're seeing everybody else's really great lives. You know, and, and she actually said, stand up. How many people have had a bad day and then put something really great up on their social media? <laughs> Half the audience stood up. And I was like, wow, it's really interesting that we're, we're now projecting fake news through our social media. Right, So it's everywhere. People are putting up these good lives. And so you see this emphasis on singularity and about, look how good I am. I look great. I'm doing this. I'm here. I'm tagged. I'm this. I'm that. And it seems that the panacea for this is people expecting romantic love. Right? If only I could get the right boyfriend or girlfriend or get a great lover, then everything else in my life will be great. But it doesn't really work like that. you know. And I think... We've talked about this before, Brady, where I was reading research that society is systemizing dating. It's pushing it into the online world. You know, it's kind of creepy now if a guy was to go up to a girl in a coffee shop and say, hi, which, you know, can I sit down? People would think that he was creeping on her. Whereas that was the old-fashioned way of things happening. Yeah, now you can kind of go onto a website and select, I like this coloured eyes, I like someone Abs to be this So it tall. encourages racism and ableism, all sorts of terrible things. And also, it's only 2D. You don't get your intuition or your gut feel about people. And what I find about online, and I'm hearing more and more, is that bad behaviour is that people bring terrible manners to their online approach. You know, And, you know, I've spent my time online dating and... The, the things that people have said to me as an introduction, I've just been like, oh, my goodness, would you walk up to a woman and say that in a bar? And then they're really shocked. They're like, no, I wouldn't. I'm like, well, what's different here? I don't understand. Where did your manners go? So Esther's talking, she talked a lot about that too, where people like to keep their options open, right? So mm. they're dating a few people. So she talked about simmering and icing, where you con connect just enough with somebody to keep them in the game but you can still keep your other options open. So like, hey, how have you been? Haven't chatted to you for a while. We should catch up sometime. Just these kind of little tiny hooks into people, but not like, what are you doing on Saturday? Let's let's do this. And they're keeping all their options burning, right? And people, I, I have so many people come in and see me just unable to negotiate this in their dating. They're, they're distraught. They're like, I don't understand. There's... Um, 
uh, what did she call it? Ambiguous loss. It's like an unresolved mourning where you don't know if the other person is there or gone. So a lot of people have these intense connections on dating sites or social media and they talk, pour out their hearts, and then suddenly that person just ghosts them. Boom, they're gone. So here was someone I was talking to every day and telling my deepest, deepest things, and you're gone. So there seems to be a loss of accountability there. And she was of the opinion, and I am too, that that's actually not okay and it causes people a lot of distress. No ghosting. No ghosting. I have the, you know, have the... Have the politeness to say, do you know what? Thanks for these lovely chats. Uh, I don't think that I can continue doing this. You can say it's not me, it's you. (laughs) But you let the person know that you're going to finish it rather than wondering if they got hit by a truck or something terrible happened or if they were really married or, you know, put in a concentration camp. We don't know. Mm. It's not so much fun. Would you recommend for people you've ghosted in the past to go back and give them the closure? (laughs) Going back. <laughs> oh, I don't know. It depends how long ago yeah. it was. You might get a vitriolic response. <laughs> uh, my guest is Tanya Coons. She joins me every fortnight for Let's Talk About Sex. Here on Mornings, we cover all things dating, love life, sexual relationships and long-term relationships today. Next fortnight, we're going to give practical advice. So today we've given you a bit of an overview of what long-term relationships, what the challenges they're facing. Yeah, the state of play today. The state of play today. And next fortnight, we're going to give much more practical advice. So for the person texting in, asking about uh, their specific situation with the significant relationship of 13 years, tune in next fortnight and we are going to give you Yes, we'll make sure we put that in there. I'm all about practical advice for people, so stay tuned. Stuart Coop is coming in very soon with Wildcard. Thank you so much to my guest, Tanya Coons. Thanks, Bridie. This is Pamina with Iggy Pop. Resist. <laughs>